We live in hope. They will return one day. And that wonderful cacophony, beautifully mixed by Tom Harris, tells you that you're listening to another exciting episode of the Power of Three podcast. Three lifelong Doctor Who fans are we. We are enthusiastic. We're happy. We like to celebrate the good things. And of course, I'm not alone here. I'm Kenny Smith. I'm the editor of Vortex for Big Finish magazine. To my left, of my screen at least, as I chat on Zoom, is Mr. Tom Harris. Say hello, Tom. Hello. Can we be sued by people under the Consumer Trading Act for describing this as exciting? <laughs> it's quite exciting. No. Well, it's exciting for us. I'm not sure that applies more widely. Sorry, Tom Harris here. And to my right, in fact, actually below me, that's below, not blowing me, is Mr. <gasps> David Steele. Can't put that in. Smutty boy's a lonely boy, Kenny. <laughs> Always. <laughs> hello, everyone. Hope you're all well. It's a nice day for where I am. Hope it's nice where you are. We've got something different. Today we're going to talk about things that don't actually exist. Our discussion today is on Doctor Who missing episodes, which is always a hot topic when it comes up online. I asked on Twitter this week what everybody would most like to see back in the archives, a complete story and a single episode. But of course, the story of the missing episodes takes us back to the 1970s because it's quite scary that in my lifetime, stories like Fury from the Deep completely existed on their original videotapes, and even things like Galaxy 4, bits of Power of the Daleks, these have actually physically existed, and I was born in 1974, but they've all been wiped. Gents, when do we first remember hearing that missing episodes were actually a thing? Dave? I think it was when I got the book Doctor Who, a celebration for Christmas, whichever year that was, be it 83 or 84, whenever it was I got it, and it had that little list at the back of all the episodes and it highlighted all which ones are missing. So you would read through the list of season one and you'd see a few gaps and then you'd read through season two and there were a few gaps and then you looked at season three and season four and season five and it was horrendous because there was none of it, basically. Tom, what about yourself? Uh, for me, it was in 1976, I remember it well, when my pal Brem, um, we met at the pictures and he brought with him a copy of The Making of Doctor Who which had just been released in its 1976 version. And we were very excited because Web of Fear had just been announced by Target as the next novelization. We didn't know what the Web of Fear was. I had no idea what it was about, but we had heard of Yeti in the underground and we hadn't connected the two. So it was when we got Making the Doctor Who and we looked at the summary of the story, we thought, oh my God, it's, it's, the, it's the Yeti in the underground. But that same night, there was a little section in, uh, in the Making of Doctor Who that, that revealed to us for the very first time and we couldn't quite believe it. We just couldn't get our heads around this idea that the BBC had scrubbed any Doctor Who. And you've got to remember that in the 70s, because the, the, the BBC very, very rarely repeated shows, you know, essentially, if you're going to relive them, you, you've read the Target books. So there wasn't really a need to understand about these missing episodes because they never showed them anyway. You know, everything could have been missing as far as we were concerned. But to have it confirmed in black and white in the making of Doctor Who was pretty earth-shattering. I remember, it must have been 1987, I learned about it because I was in the Doctor Who Appreciation Society and through the post came an issue of Celestial Toy Room, the monthly newsletter, which revealed that 
episode two of Evil of the Daleks and episode three of the Faceless Ones had been found. And this was, I was thinking, what on earth is this? Don't they exist already? And no, they don't. So it came of a bit of a surprise to me to learn that there was not a complete archive of of things in there so that was um th- that was my first exposure to it and then of course as the years go by you hear where the episodes were returned because i know ex- i mean i remember the order of them being returned because next would be the ice warriors episodes then it's tomb of the cybermen then the crusade and then i've got a whole load in quick succession where obviously people know when what was found and when so that was my experience of them coming back bit by bit so Tom, we'll start with yourself. Obviously, you have a few years in us and you have memories of stories from Troughton times, which are long gone. I do. I, I have incredibly vague memories about uh, the, just the battle at the end of Evil of the Daleks. And the reason it was probably stuck in my mind is because at the same time, my two big brothers were given toy Daleks to play with. And I remember playing this game of the good Daleks versus the bad Daleks. And we got that idea from Evil of the Daleks. Ah. So, but I don't really remember very much. I remember foam coming out of some Daleks and I don't remember any of the plot at all. I don't remember the Emperor. I don't remember the whole bit in Victorian England. Uh, it was just a battle at the end. As I got a bit older, I mean, my, my very first scared shitless moment came um, in, 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 an, in an episode which I later found out was from Seeds of Death. But at the time I just saw, I just remember this uh, scientist and what what really scared me was that he was he was a scientist, so he was educated, he was clever, but he was also very scared. And that kind of scared me because I thought, if this grown up who's really clever is scared, then I should be as well. And he was hiding behind a computer terminal. Was this his ice water was looking for him? And I remember nearly peeing myself. I mean, I was terrified at that. Well, yeah. I, and that. And that's the only thing I remember from that. And the other the other one I remember. There's only three things. There's four things. The other one is I remember the TARDIS dematerializing of its own will when a croton was attacking it i remember that happening and i remember one very short scene where um a policeman was was killed in the invasion or, or in, and that's the only and once again i don't have any memory of the story or anything i'm absolutely fascinated just hearing these sort of your memories from as they were and obviously we can see some of these now on video and dvd yeah but there's still these ones that we can't really watch so dave if you were to pick one Doctor Who story to be returned to the archives, which would you go for? My answer for this is pretty much set in stone for quite a while now, actually. Probably since I did my big rewatch, which I started in 2008. I'm a, I'm a Hartnell fan, as you know, and so much of season three, when I when I listened to it and watched um, those canon reconstructions when I was doing my watch through, the, the TV versions were completely new to me. I'd read the books in most cases. But um, I hadn't really experienced the stories. And I was really struck by the variety of Series 3 and just how good William Hartnell and Peter Purvis were together. So my my picks, my picks for a, a single episode would be the final episode of the Dalek Master Plan. And my pick for a full story would be The Massacre, which was the story that immediately followed it. Because The Massacre, obviously The Massacre has the attraction of William Hartnell playing the dual role of the Abbot of Amboise, but it also pretty much has... Peter Purvis's Stephen Taylor, centre stage, the leading man. And it's a really interesting story because Stephen is completely out of his depth in France of hundreds of years ago and doesn't know anything about the, the context of all the religious stuff that's happening. And it's and it's genuinely quite scary because Stephen doesn't know if he's going to make it through to the next day, and neither do we, because it's not it wasn't a period of history that I knew particularly well when I heard the story. There's that glorious cliffhanger when Stephen thinks the doctor's been killed. It would be amazing to see it. And my pick for the Dalek Master Plan 
last episode is just because I would love to see all the sequences on Kemble when the, the time destructor gets activated and Sarah gets aged and Stephen and the Doctor fight to try and switch off the machine and just loads of Daleks in black and white. I think I think it'd be great. I mean, it, I could be greedy and say that the story I pick would be the entirety of Dalek Master Plan, but that would be a bit um, <laughs> that would be a bit too much. So those five episodes in the middle of season three that would be me. What about yourself, Tom? What would your single episode be first of all? Well. There's there's a right answer and a wrong answer to this, and I've got the right answer, and anyone who disagrees <laughs> with me is wrong. So this this is us providing a public service, I think. Uh, I mean, you, I could I could I could go for Mission to the Unknown. The only reason I won't is because of that fantastic remake that was released last year um, by the students at Sheffield, was it? Um, and it's all colour, and they've done a fantastic job in reproducing it. So yeah. it would be lovely to see the original, but we don't quite need it as much now that that's been done, I feel. Um, if I had to choose one that I really want to watch again, it'd probably be Mythmakers, because I love mythology. I love the, I think the, the humour in that is fantastic. I would love to see it all the way through, right? However, my preference on a particular story is irrelevant. What we're looking at is the longest running science fiction television series in the world. And there are certain parts of that mythology that it was disgraceful for, for them ever to have been lost because they are more important than other bits. So as a single episode, I would choose uh, episode four of The Tenth Planet because that is the most important point in Doctor Who history. It was when it was imagined and introduced that the Doctor could regenerate and continue going. That is the most important plot point in 50 odd years. Without that, Doctor Who doesn't exist. So the one show, the one episode where that was actually introduced is more important. It may not be the best episode, although it's pretty good, I imagine, but it is very, very important. And that's that's the priority, I think, uh, for, 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 uh, for getting them back again. When I was picking a single episode, I went with pretty much exactly the same logic, but I just nudged things on by one episode for Power of the Daleks, episode one. My reasoning is that this is the first time that we've seen the regeneration and it's the first time we've seen the debut of a new Doctor. And for me, the fact it's a new beginning to show that things carry on. Yes, your story's about how things come to an end, but for my, I was looking at it, this is the point where things start again and it's rebooted. And it's obviously, it's been done several times since, sometimes more successfully than others, obviously with great successes like Time in the Rani. Well, let's don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't you even... Just don't even. No, um, you've misunderstood I'll, your I'll own. I'll meet you in the recreation grounds in five minutes. More than you, fight you, over this. You've missed the point of your own question, Kenny. Because the question is, what one single episode would you like to be retrieved, and what full adventure would you like to be retrieved? And I have reserved the full adventure of my choice for Power of the Daleks because for exactly the same reasons. So actually, if you're looking for one adventure, one uh, one episode that has to be 10th Planet, and also if you're adding to that one full adventure, we don't have any of the Power of the Daleks apart from a few clips. So I would choose Power of the Daleks. And I'm right and you're wrong. It's the story of my life, Ken. I can't help it. <laughs> Interesting, because I had a difficult choice when it came to full stories to choose, because I, I love Marco Polo to bits. I think it's a, a very, very clever piece of work. It's lyrical at times, it's poetic, and obviously there are stories within the story being told, yeah. and it's almost as if it were made for radio. So Marco Polo is one that I would consider. The other one that I really considered would have been The Crusade, because I love the, the fact we've got episodes one and three, and I think they're beautifully written, and they're almost an iambic pentameter that is just, it's so beautifully done, beautifully performed, and, and it looks magnificent. 
but in the end with those two as, as my main choices i would have to still i'd go for marco polo again the fact it's all missing it's seven episodes and that would be rather nice to have back I mean, of course there's all the rumors that it had been found back when we were given enemy of the world and web of fear because that was the, the rumor but dave what do you recall about that yeah it was that's an interesting point because there was a few news sites and a few podcasts i wouldn't name any names so as not to embarrass anyone who were adamant that we were going to get all three stories we were going to get enemy of the world web of fear and marco polo and every so often it still bubbles up that marco polo's around I remember a year or two later people saying yeah but it's going to be on itunes by the end of the week again i wouldn't name names i remember i, mean, I remember being slightly disappointed that it was only which is nonsense when you say that because we got any of the world in web of fear well, most of web of fear back we got them we got them back i was so i've been so convinced by all the the internet babble that we'd got all three stories and i, I remember actually it was a crazy time because i i took a phone call at work <laughs> in HMV or Gow Street from another Doctor Who fan who I knew who was phoning up to tell me that he'd heard and he read out a list of the, the 40 odd episodes that he'd been told were back and there was another rumour which said everything was everything was back apart from the two episodes of The Invasion and you know people I think people were going crazy at that, that point in late 2013 and then um, when it was announced so I think it was via the Radio Times of Memory Cells that or was it the, the Mirror had the story? I remember, I've still got the Daily Mirror, I had the front page story. When it was announced it was just Web of Fear and Enemy of the World, I mean, as amazing as that was, and the stories are excellent, I was so crushed that it wasn't everything that it, uh, all the the supposedly reliable news sources were saying, that it, there was so much more. I mean, the Omni rumour did not go away for a good two or three years. There was It was persistent that people were adamant that Philip Morris had found more stuff, you know? Do we think, and this may just sound like a fan's wet dream, but do you think that we will live to see a point where every single episode is somehow returned? Is that just not possible? No, because, I mean, for a start, The Feast of Stephen, you know, the Christmas 1965 episode, my understanding is that that wasn't even telerecorded. That wasn't even offered for overseas sale. There was two or three other stories who were wiped. The videotapes were wiped really, really soon after they were broadcast. The Troughton episodes weren't sold overseas as much as the, the Hartnell episodes, so there's less a chance of them coming back, even though, you know, in the space of a couple of years, we got the Underwater Menace episode and Web and Enemy, obviously. It's, an, it's a nice dream to think that we might get some more, but I don't think we'll ever see them all. I don't think we'll ever get them all back. I, I agree, Dave. I, th I think we'll be lucky if we get it below 50. I think we'd be very lucky if we get it below 50. What, fact, is, it, what, like sitting in what is it at the moment? 97. 96, I think. 96 or 97, yeah. Getting it below 50 would be quite ambitious. You know, wouldn't it be lovely to invent a time machine, go back in time and punch the face of the BBC archivist? <laughs> you know, most, most, most people say, oh, I wish we go back in time and <laughs> save these recordings. No, no, let's go back in time and punch somebody. <laughs> you sound like Jack that episode of Absolutely when he wants to travel back in time and kill Jeff Hurst before the 1966 <laughs> World Cup final. No, I mean, it's the thing to do would be to travel back in time and set up your video recorder and <laughs> record everything. No, I don't know. I mean, it's the, as I said already, the rumours haven't gone away. There was a, there's a persistent buzz that somebody somewhere has episode three of Web of Fear because that was apparently on the shelf and Philip Morris found the other ones. As we say, we were convinced that Marco Polo was back and that hasn't gone away. I mean, it's a horrible feeling to think that there must be someone out there who has these episodes under his bed 
and is so greedy and so petty and so selfish that he's not sharing them so that not just the three of us, but everyone else, everyone who's listening and, and their mother can see these missing episodes again. If anybody's listening and they have got missing episodes, we would actually love copies of them. So you know where to send them to at Power of Three Pod. Drop us a line and we'll keep it quiet and not at all share it with everybody else. No. But it's a bit of a fan fantasy, isn't it? That someone's sitting with them, uh, hoarding them to himself. It's, it's just not true, is it? They just don't exist. Well, I've heard, I've heard of, I won't name names, but I've heard there are people out there who have photographs and from studio recordings and such like who and you know keep them literally in a folder under their bed and like to like to hoard them and like to know the fact that they that they have them and no one else can see them and that really that works for them shall we say and it's I'm, I'm you know it's, it's it reminds me of that bit in City of Death you know when they talk about all the different people that want to own a copy of the Mona Lisa you know they've got it it's an expensive gloat you know it's that sort of thing but it's an urban legend we don't know for fact. About the people who have got these videos or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there's no. I have no proof whatsoever. But it's the the persistent. I don't know. I, I sort of think where the smoke was fire. The persistency of the rumours over the years just makes me all the more convinced that it, that it happens. And I know what doc, I know what do, a lot of Doctor Who fans are like. <laughs> oh, just <laughs> like just like just like the persistence of the rumours that UFOs exist, Kenny. Exactly. I'd imagine there will be film collectors out there who aren't Doctor Who fans, but they like to collect archive TV, who will have things in their collection, and it's just part of their collection, it's nothing special to them. That would not surprise me in the slightest, but we can but hope one day that these things will all be returned, even if it is only another half dozen or so, but we can but hope and pray. We do have to remember, though, there was a crazy point in a couple of years when we got basically more than 10% of the episodes that were missing. When the Galaxy 4 episode and the Underwater Menace episode came back, I think it was 2011, and then a couple of years later we got the other the other nine Trouton episodes. I mean, that was more than 10% of what was missing. And I remember being giddy, trying to you know process all that at the time. It was just, this is unbelievable. Never thought we'd see it. And it would be the nicest thing, just even one more episode to turn up. We did ask our listeners on Twitter for their opinions as to which stories and episodes they would most like back. So what would you like to do first, gents? What do you want to find out, the story or the episode? Well, let's do um, the same order that we've been asked. Yeah. Go for the episode then. Yeah. So yeah. let's cue the music. We've got few single episode nominations so we've got one-off mentions for Mission to the Unknown, The Underwater Menace Episode 4, the first episode of The Celestial Toy Maker, Episode 6 of Evil of the Daleks and The Mythmakers Episode 4 Horse of Destruction who all receive one vote each. The Savages Episode 4 got two votes. Savages would have been, if I was to, that would be my second pick for Full Story just because it's, you know, Stephen's last one. Interesting. Yeah. And the Feast of Stephen also had a couple of votes. But we're into our top five. The Destruction of Time, which is episode 12 of the Dalek Master Plan, is uh-huh. fifth, which I think would be a great viewing, particularly we can see, as you mentioned, Dave, so many interesting things going on there. Mm. Then we've got in fourth, episode three of the Web of Fear, which you mentioned, and of course it's important because of the Brigadier's first appearance. We're looking forward to that one being animated, fellas. I'm not bothered. No, I just I, I think the episode 
the reconstruction on the DVD just works fine. It tells the story. It's, it's not there's not enough law that happens in that episode. It's um I'll see what the special features are like before I decide. I won't be rushing out to buy it, put it that way. Somebody got out of bed the wrong side this morning. <laughs> I'm fine. And that's coming from Tom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're, I mean, Tom, I'm kind of lucky. See when Kenny and I Kenny and I were on the phone, I think the day or two after that was announced, and God, did I moan about that for about 10 minutes, or did I moan for about 10 minutes? God, you're lucky. <laughs> In third place, we have episode four of the Massacre Bell of Doom, which of course has been mentioned again by Dave, with uh, Hartnell having a wee moment to himself at the end as Stephen leaves, and then Stephen comes back and they go off and they meet Dodo. Even after all this time, he cannot understand. I dare not change the course of history. Well, at least I taught him to take some precautions. He did remember to look at the scanner before he opened the doors. Now, they're all gone. All gone. None of them could understand. Not even my little Susan or Vicky. And as for Barbara and Chatterton, Chesterton. They were all too impatient to get back to their own time. And now, Stephen. Perhaps I should go home. Back to my own planet. But I can't. Is that one that would appeal to you, Tom? Would you be quite interested in that one? Is that that speech that Hartnell makes in the TARDIS at the end um, is yeah. is really powerful and you know quite an important point, I think, in the history of the show. So yeah, that would be. Be, I've only seen the reconstruction of that. I would quite like to see the the full version of that. In second place, we have episode one of Power of the Daleks. It does make sense, as, as I mentioned earlier. It certainly does. Yep. So, of course, can we guess what's number one? It'll be the 10th planet, I imagine. It'll be the 10th planet, I imagine. Jeez. Definitely is. Yep, we've had a, that was the outstanding, that was clear. That was the absolute clear winner. More people voted for that than any other one. And it's completely understandable. I mean, as Tom said, his, his logic for it was impeccable on this occasion. Many other things you could dodge about, Tom, but this one was good. Listen, my first book was entitled Why I'm Right and Everyone Else is Wrong. And it, <laughs> and it, and it was not intended as an ironic uh, comment. Oh, I people, people, well. didn't, I pe- people didn't get that. They thought I was being ironic. I was being literal. <laughs> oh, my first book was called The Big Finish Companion, Volume 2, and it's still available from www.bigfinish.com. Hey. And I still have Tom's about 3,000 unsold copies of mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listeners, if you, um, if you want a copy, 
let us know and Tom will put it <laughs> right. Tom will personally deliver it in a COVID-free manner. <laughs> My copy of Tom's book has a lovely personal dedication from the author. I must I must tell you. But I can't I can't read it out because this is a family podcast. Oh really? I can't even remember what I wrote. <laughs> yes, let's look at the have a look through the stories that people would like to have back. So we had one-off votes for the Celestial Toy Maker. Not at all problematic with one word appearing in that. Um, the Abominable yeah. Snowmen. Really? Oh, come on, that's a great story. Oh, Tom is dull as dishwater, man. Oh, it's great. But then I'm it's just, just... old men talking. Yeah, but I'm probably just thinking of the, the novelisation, one of the first ones I read, because I loved it. We've got The Crusade, The Massacre, Fury from the Deep, Power of the Daleks, and also The Space Pirates. <laughs> yeah, The Space Pirates would be interesting because it's, there's not a lot of photographs or anything from it. I mean, if uh, that turned up, I'd be delighted. Yes, yeah, true. Can, yeah. can we nominate um, existing episodes that we want to disappear? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we, we've already done the season 24 box set, haven't we? Hey! Very good. Well, as you'll have gathered, I don't mind causing offence. <laughs> <laughs> we've got, in our stories that people want to be turned in, fifth place we have The Savages. Right, yep. And I think that would be a great one to see, particularly as your know, heart knows incapacitated. And we have Frederick Yeager doing a very good Hartnell impersonation for a couple it's of episodes. It's a really, really good story. Um, it's a cracker. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely my top five. Tom, do you have any thoughts on the Savages? I can't remember much about it. I, 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 I did watch it. I, I watched the reconstruction and uh, it was a long time. Well, it was only about maybe three years ago. Um, I don't remember an awful lot about it, to be honest. I remember Stephen leaving at the end, but that's about it. But So I don't have any strong, strong views on that, I'm afraid. In fourth place, we have Marco Polo. Ah, yes. Because that's the first, isn't it? That's the first missing one, really, if you're watching yeah. it chronologically. And, yeah. uh, and and the script is so brilliant. Um, you really, you know, it's a good old, traditional, old-fashioned adventure. Nothing mm. science fiction about it at all, but it is brilliant. Uh, uh, it would be lovely to be able to see that. You see some of the colour photographs from it, you know, from the production, and it just yeah. looks amazing. It looks incredibly just vivid and colourful and, and alive, and it's just such a shame we don't have that one. It looks really lush. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I'm very sad that we recently lost Mark Eden, who plays Marco Polo in it. That's right. It's wonderful. Cool. And Darren Nesbitt is fantastic as Tigana as well. Very, very good cast. Can I interject with my, my, my favourite piece of Marco Polo related trivia? I'm a big fan of the author, Josephine Tay. Um, people might know her from, as the author of Brat Farron, the franchise affair. And she has a book, one of her books is called The Singing Sands. Alright. Which is by, by coincidence, is obviously is the name of one of the episodes of, of Marco Polo. And... For the same token, um, there's an episode of the Celestial Toymaker called The Dancing Floor, which is the name of a book by John Buchan, who wrote The 39 Steps. So there. Mm, you, your, your mind goes in odd directions, Davey. <laughs> <laughs> That's even worse than the trivia I came out with. In third place, we move up to The Mythmakers. 
Which oh well, yes. That's one that you would love that one. Just absolutely love it. Would love to see it back. Dave, what's your thoughts on Mythmakers? Yeah, it's excellent. Um, when I listened to it, I was I was really really impressed by it. I mean, I love I love the fact that the Doctor and Vicky get separated, and you almost get the sense as it builds towards the end they're not actually going to see each other again. And then you get that maddening moment when we don't actually see them saying goodbye to each other. It, it sort of happens off camera. It be and as you said, it is. There's a lot of funny stuff in it. Um, yeah, I mean, as someone who, who growing up loved Greek mythology and all that sort of stuff, I definitely really like to see it for all that. Yeah. And and, and Vicky is my favourite companion from the first Doctor era. Um, and the fact that it's her last one, I think it's a real shame that we don't actually have it to see. Yeah, Maureen's brilliant. She's done such such good stuff for Big Finish in the, the early adventures range. And she sounds just like she did back then, which is quite Hi. remarkable for sitting in the late 70s. Yep. Before we reveal our winners, our top two, we'll have a few tweets and hear what our listener said. Melvin Pena said... Hi, Melvin. Dave, now there we go, I knew you'd say that. As far as full stories go, I'd love to see Marco Polo return to the archives. For a single episode, it would have to be the 10th Planet, episode four. Popular. James Woodard says, complete story, the abominable snowmen. Always been a favourite of mine since reading the novelisation. Exactly. Here's one from William Oxley. I think if we're talking specific single missing episodes, for me, it has to be the 10th Planet, part four. As for full stories, I'd love the crusade to be found. As that way, we now have a complete full season of 60s who sushi hello sushi sushi gal 007 says i want evil of the daleks and web 3 feels a little greedy when we're getting an animation of the latter already but i still want it ross mcclellan says dalek master plan easily wheel in space would be second choice 10 years oh, ago yeah. i'd have said the web of fear so fingers crossed 10 planet 4 wheel in space would be a lot of fun yeah i quite like wheel in space it's quite interesting that we only got 10 minutes animated, so fingers crossed to do the rest of it. We've got one from Lang Walk Him, who ah, says... That's my, that's my colleague on the Earth 2 podcast, listeners, if you want to check that out. Hi, Peter. Hello. Where would I find Earth 2, Dave? We're on all your podcast um, services. We, we have a Facebook page, and we're also on Instagram. But you can find us on Twitter, podcast underscore Earth 2. Excellent. Thank you for that. We'll make sure everybody signs up for that as well as our power of three, of course. Tom, have you any podcasts you'd like to give a plug to while we're at it? Well, funnily enough, you, you say that. I did start up uh, my own uh, personal podcast just last week. Um, and it's not one that a lot of Doctor Who fans will find that interesting. It's, it's very political. It's about basically my observations of political events and sometimes my involvement in political events since the 1980s when I first joined the Labour Party right up until 2018 when I left it. So I've only done... Uh, three, I think three episodes so far um, so there's still some time to go because I've only got up to 1988 so far uh, but I'm enjoying it. The good news is you're only eight years away from meeting me for the first time so I look forward to a whole episode devoted to me Oh yes, Can I, uh, the, the name of it by the way is Tom Harris the Imposter if you're looking for it on any of your uh, podcast suppliers Fabulous. Before I interrupted us, I apologise gents to get your free plugs in for your other work I can't believe you cheat on me with other podcasts but there we go Langwalk Hain says, the Dalek master plan. It's a runaround, but it's epic in scope. Predictably, Mission to the Unknown would be my single episode pick. Ian Chambers suggests Dalek's master plan, more bang for your buck, and Bell of Doom. But I feel like I'm betraying myth makers. We've actually got a couple 
couple of tweets of note here. We've got one from Gary Russell, who some of you may recognise the former editor of Doctor Who magazine and producer at Big Finish. Gary says, I'd like to see the savages come home and episode four of The Tenth Planet or episode one of The Power of the Daleks for historical reasons. Here we have one from Dr. Matthew Sweet, who we all know and love from doing the interviews on the Blu-ray discs in conversation. Matthew nominates The Mythmakers as a complete story and The Bell of Doom, episode four of The Massacre, as his single episode. Simon Garner Photography agrees. I think Mythmakers would be my second choice. I just want to see Space Pirates and to see if it actually is better than the single episode made it out to be. Rebecca Adams says, The Evil of the Daleks, because it sounds fantastic. Steve Higgins, who says, They're probably rather obvious answers, but I'd pick Evil of the Daleks and Tenth Planet 4. So there's a good mix in there of, of stories that people would like to see. Here's actually a rather strange nomination to round us off for now. Complete story, The Mythmakers. Single episode, bloody hell, that's tough. This is from James H, The Fitness Geek UK. <laughs> I, I thought, I thought he meant that there was an episode called Bloody Hell That's Tough, and I thought, I've never seen that. I think it's, um, <laughs> that's, is that not like episode five of the Reign of Terror or something? <laughs> that's that's Sacre Bleu. Mon Dieu. <laughs> wow. Jim's suggestion for a single episode is very, very surprising. Today... Right. As I know it'd be different tomorrow, I will go for Underwater Menace 4 just to see how the flooding actually looked. Nothing in the world can stop me now! That's the point. I'll I'll ask you this, gentlemen, right? If one single episode was to be found and turned up, right, would you rather it was an episode from a story that was completely unrepresented or would you like an episode that maybe finished off another story or a bit more representation of a story that we already had some of? What did you think? Well, that's a good question. I think I would go for one that we'd had no representation otherwise than in, because I just think it'd be, because then you could, you know, it's another story we could at least see some of. Yeah, I would agree with that, I think. I'm with you on that. I think it would have to be the massacre if I was to pick one episode from a story we don't have anything of, even though I have set up contradicting myself, say Marco Polo, and particularly episode four, because the geek in me wants to know which way the titles are aligned, because we know from the telly snaps that are aligned left for episode three, but by episode five, they're centred. So which way does episode four go? I need to know. Interesting. What, what world am I a part of? <laughs> or apart from? Well, see, I mean, that's a fair point about the massacre, because, you know, we said about Marco Polo, there are so many photographs from Marco Polo. We, we have a really good sense of it, but some stories, like like we said earlier on, the Space Pirates and the Massacre, we don't have as quite, because there's no photographs of Hartnell in costume as the Albert Van Boas, for example. You know, so it'd be really yeah. good to get one odd episode where he was doing that. That'd be, that'd be lovely. Yeah. So let's return to our poll, gents, and we have a joint winner or joint winners. It's a tie at the top and there's Daleks in them both. It's Dalek Master Plan and the Evil of the Daleks. Yeah, that's that surprised you at all. Doesn't surprise me. I mean, those are those would be fantastic episodes or adventures to get back. I stick back by with my original premise that you know you go for the kind of historically important ones, but you can see why fans would want those two. Definitely, yep. Everybody loves the Daleks. Let's be honest, and it'd be really nice just to see a bit more of either of those stories. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't surprised. I, mean, I thought power might have scored more highly than evil, but evil seems to be the mm. one that people want to see more. 
Yeah, I think it's probably because we've had the car- the the cartoon, the animated version of Power of the Daleks. You know, people have maybe got a better sense of it. And Evil of the Daleks has has that Dalek fight and the Emperor and all that, so it's a bit more mystique, you know. Yeah. And also, we get to meet Victoria as well, which would be interesting just to see how she yeah. arrives. And we've yeah. got all that episode with Jamie and the traps and such like. So it'd be quite it's quite a visual episode because the audio doesn't really do it justice. Yeah. So there we go. That was our we look at missing episodes. I've enjoyed that. Interesting, particularly I loved hearing your your memories, Tom, from childhood and in, in black and white. And do you remember them in black and white or in color? No, black and white. Interesting, because some yeah. people do remember things in color, which I always find quite fascinating. I think because my memories of watching Spearhead from Space, beginning in 1970, are so vivid, and the reason they're so vivid is because I was very conscious that this was color compared with what I'd seen before. And a lot of shows coming on at that time were, were switching from black and white to color. So I think just because of the contrast, um, it was kind of reinforcing my mind that the ones I'd seen earlier were black and white. Did you have a colour television quite early on then in your house? We did. We were the first in our scheme to get a colour telly. And in fact, okay. on the day that we got it, all the neighbours came in to look at it. It was really weird. I remember it very vividly. Now, in my memory, in my head, my mum kept us off school. I'm sure she wouldn't really? have. I'm sure she wouldn't have, but who knows? My mother was a bit <laughs> odd that way. Um, but I remember it being a big deal in our scheme. I remember, you know, dozens of neighbours coming in to look at, like, the test card and adverts and, you know, just stuff, just anything at all, because everyone else had a black and white telly at the time. My only mate, I think, you know, I was born in 73 and I always remember having a colour television. But my grandparents, like my, my grandpa Bain, he didn't get a colour television until around about 1986, I think. And it was in, it was mental. Going to my grandpa's and he had a colour telly. It was yeah. like having it for the first time. Because Alan Barnes did a really interesting article in Doctor Who magazine a couple of months ago when he, he listed the percentage of colour TV licences versus black and white TV licences all through the 70s. And it showed that, you know, well up until about a good you know, 76, 77, the vast majority of TV licenses in the country were black and white. Really? So all that those, all, yeah. All those Pertwee and early Tom Bakers, there was still a large part of the audience that only saw them in black and white. Yeah. Amazing. I just love it. We had a black and white portable, which ended up in my room or in the room that I shared with my sister. But we always had a colour TV in the living room. And when it came to Christmas, it was taken through to the lounge so we could watch TV in there in comfort Brilliant. on the sofas. <laughs> Amazing. Happy thoughts, happy times and places. Well, we, we not only had a colour television, this is completely relevant, we had a slot television because it was rented. And a lot of people rented tellies in those days. You could opt to have a, a slot on it so that you paid for the rental by putting 50 pence pieces in the back in this in this slot meter. So if you ran out, your television switched off and until you got another <laughs> 50 pence, you couldn't watch anything. And then every every few weeks, the, the rental man would come around and empty the box. And of course, because we watched television so much, there was tens of pounds left over. And he would take whatever was owed for the rental and leave us the rest of the money. But it was a nightmare because there were many occasions where you're watching something, it would run out, the television would switch off, and you didn't have any coins to continue My watching. Goodness. I To That's this day, crazy. I have still not seen the last 10 minutes of the very last episode of When the Boat Comes In, which I believe is set during the Spanish Civil War, and I was quite interested in it. And I still, I've still never seen it. I was really annoyed at the time. 
I've never heard of that. That's amazing. Yes. Well, there we are. It's very <laughs> odd. It was, yeah, it was a different world in Embiid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what we should do for our next episode. It's like um, top five Doctor Who stories that you would not want the 50 pences to run out as you were approaching it. <laughs> Can you well, imagine? Tom would, be quite happy. Tom would be quite happy for the 50p to run out before time when the Rani began. <laughs> oh, good God, I. I mean, did you? How did? How long did fifty pens get you? Oh, I can't remember. I mean, I think we had worked out at one point, but but you know, if there was a film on that you really wanted to see, you're looking forward to, you saved up your fifty pences and you had, you put two or three of them in just to make right. sure you got through it. I know this sounds bizarre as I'm speaking it, and <laughs> people listening to this will be thinking this is made up. I promise you, it's not. It was. It was basically a system that the rental companies had for for poorer families. It's like nowadays. It's like with the you know the, the meters that you get for people who can't pay their their gas and electricity bills. You know, you got the, the yeah. meters for that. Exactly the same premise. I mean, most yeah. people did not have a meter on their television, but oh God, the Harrises did. <laughs> and look at you now. We're a TV rich family now. I've now I've exercised that ghost now. We've got so many televisions in this house. <laughs> of course, better mention for those who are listening. If you want to follow us on social media, you can get us on Twitter at Power of Three Pod. You can find us on Facebook, where you can find links to episodes, and you can leave comments, positive one only, please. If you leave negative ones, then you'll be deleted and blocked by Dave. That's not true. And of course. <laughs> of course it is. You're the evil one. And if you're interested in finding out more about us, you can visit our website as well, which is www.powerof3, that's the number three, pod.com. Awesome. So gents, that's us for today. Hopefully when we reconvene, neither of you will be deleted from the archives. But I will still only be available in black and white. <laughs> Say goodbye, Dave. Goodbye, Dave. <laughs> that's my joke. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Goodbye, everyone. Take care. Uh, yep. Goodbye, everyone. Uh, see you next time. Yes. And uh, we'll be back soon with another exciting episode of The Power of Three. It's all over. That's what you said. It's far from being all over.